This is Daizen Shubix, the podcast, episode 267, for the week of August 7th, 2011. Hey, hey, welcome to Daizen Shubix, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daizen Shubix. That's right, love that deep voice. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Now that the wife and child have left the vicinity, Julian, sir, you can join us here, courtesy of Japan. Welcome back. Yes, it's good to be back. See you stroking that lovely beard over there. It's amazing. Mm, yes, got about a month's growth now. <laughs> Looking pretty good. How you doing, man? Uh, not bad. Summer vacation, so I took a couple of weeks off to be with the family, which is why they're going to the store and I'm sitting here recording a podcast. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> good to hear. Uh yeah. It's going to be you and me. My name is Mike. I go by Vegito EX. Julian, you and I, sir, we are here to do the opening stuffage, which has actually, I don't want to call it news because it's kind of pre-news, just stuff about Dragon Ball. That's why I call it the stuff. And then we got news. And then you're going to dip away for a while and we'll do some other stuff. And then you'll come back and we'll do releases and emails. It's one of those patchwork shows, but I love it because... All these people get involved and get to talk to everyone over the period of a week. It's fantastic stuff. I love the internet. Yeah. So what is on deck this episode? Well, I just said you and I are going to talk about some stuff. Then we will jump to myself and Mary. We're going to talk a little bit, very, very briefly about Otakon because we are back from the convention. We bought some figures. We saw some cool stuff. Dragon Ball related things we'll tell you all about. Then we're going to jump again to our buddy Mark joining me to talk about announcements at the convention. Not a whole lot. This last time he was around, we talked about our predictions. What would there be? I was 100%. Yep. Jump Super anime tour special it's coming at otakon and well we don't have that to talk about so him and i talked about what those announcements were were not why they were not and then a follow-up on the news about funimation and their blu-ray announcement because we have some more tidbits about that and then we'll jump back julian i got some great emails great questions for you so there's a lot of stuff to look forward to this episode fantastic before we get into the news, this is something we'll talk about a little bit more in a couple of weeks. I get a big order coming in from CD Japan, but our buddy K17, um, who is also in Japan, uh, went down and picked up that new, really cheap DVD release. I think it's just about a thousand yen. The Bardock and Trunks TV special that Shueisha put out. Uh, it's got some new tidbits along with a bunch of old tidbits, but there's a special note from Toriyama in there. And uh, I guess let's just read it here on the show. Julian, you can be in charge of this one. Oh, right. With the latest Japanese release of the Bardock and Trunks TV specials on DVD, a special message from creator Akira Toriyama about, of all things, Bardock. So here's my quick translation, which I made last night. So he says, I'm always forgetting things to begin with, so I have almost no memory of drawing the character design for Goku's father, Bardock and company. I think what probably happened was somebody from the animation company came to me and said, we'd like to do an original story based on these designs. And when I had them show me the sketches, I ended up redoing them. I had my hands full just with Dragon Ball's manga serialization, and I basically left the anime up to toy animation. So that sort of situation was rare. Maybe it was because the content affected the past of the main character that I was specially called upon to be involved a little bit with the character designs. Well, even calling it a design, in Bardock's case, all I really did was take Goku and give him the brutal edge of a warrior race and dress him in the battle armor provided by Frieza's forces. So I 
can't have gone to too much trouble. When I saw the finished episode, I remember feeling a good bit of admiration. With my works, I prefer light-hearted fare, so I have a tendency to avoid serious material. Even if I had written about the same past, it would have become lighter in tone by far. Thanks to this, I felt as though even Dragon Ball had been given a bit more depth. By the way, Bardock refers to Burdock in Japanese, Gobo. I didn't realize it, not usually saying it in English, but Burdock is a pretty strong-sounding name, isn't it? Akira Toriyama. What I love about what he has to say here is that in almost exactly the same words, he describes what he wrote about the situation in one of his Daisenshu quotes. And America actually reprinted one of these quotes many years back about the, you know, I don't write the serious stories, but this one I really enjoyed and it showed a new side of it, even though it's not something I would do. It's just hilarious to me that so many years spread apart. He's got the exact same thing to say about the Bardock TV special. Yes. It's also funny because he kind of makes fun of the fact that he didn't really change Goku's design all that yeah. much for his father. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just took the design and tweaked it a little bit, so is that really fair to call it my own design? He's hard on himself, but he's being pretty brutally honest there at the same time. And we've talked a lot about Bardock's design in the past. It was originally done by Katsuyoshi Nakatsuru, who's, we've always described him as Toriyama's right-hand man. I mean, designing characters and doing promotional artwork and stuff. We've got our whole tidbit section about mm. It, which I think we can probably update as of next month when the third part of Oishi's uh, little three-part episode of Bardock is out. I think we're due for an update of that section. This is one of the uh, dirty secrets of Daisenshu EX. We try to avoid doing new sections, so we just keep updating old ones with new information, and it makes it seem like we're creating content. But now that Yay. I just told people that kind of, <laughs> man... Damn it, recording things on, on a podcast. It's saved for the ages. But that that's uh I love that Toriyama stuff in there. And we will of course reprint that um that quote from him when we get up the review of that disc. It's it's coming, it should be here in the next week, and as soon as I build a new computer and can rip DVDs and do reviews of stuff again, that's uh something you guys can look forward to. Pretty good stuff. Julian, it's only uh a thousand yen. Is this something that you're looking forward to picking up at some point along the line? I mean, that's so cheap over there. Yeah, I think I might. Actually, I mean, it's not a bad price. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, I love that they put it out so cheap in combination with the episode of Bardock. And just, oh, great, great marketing over there, taking the American approach to doing things. So that's our little stuff before we hit the news. Are you ready to do the news and talk more about Japan? Uh, yes, sure, why not? <laughs> Let's go. There's only a couple quick bits of news here. Um, first one I don't even have on the outline. I forgot to toss this on here. I'll just tell you guys. Uh, there's an MSRP for Funimation's Blu-ray stuff. The MSRP is $34.98. Amazon's got it down about $25. bucks. we will have more information on these sets in the coming weeks, so stay tuned for that. Next bit of news coming to us from Japan. Namco Bandai, their quarter one fiscal 2012 figures. They had a, a pretty good quarter. 3.25 billion yen net income. That's about $42 million for that first quarter there. The thing is, Dragon Ball's not doing well enough to place on their kind of top franchise list. Usually they show the top four, five, six they did this past quarter. Ben 10 was the last one on the list there, and that was 1.5 billion in net sales, so we can infer that Dragon Ball was less than 1.5 billion in net sales. One year ago, Dragon Ball was 1.2, so it's 
probably in that range, maybe a little lower. If I had to guess, I'd say the franchise as a whole is probably around $1 billion in net sales. Nothing for Dragon Ball video games in there. Raging Blast 2 was last November, so that was last quarter. Nothing to note in there. In terms of general toys and hobby merchandise, that's the non-video games. It actually jumped up a little bit. Uh, last year, quarter one was $0.6 billion. This quarter was $0.9 billion. So it was one of the few upticks we've seen with Dragon Ball in recent history. They're forecasting for the year $2.5 billion, which is a slight drop from $2.7 billion. So quarter to quarter, year to year, it's a little bit up. But in terms of the fiscal year as a whole, they are projecting a little bit lower. I'm not sure what to read into this, Julian. I mean, it's sort of staying steady. It's kind of strange that with Kai ending, it's still staying steady. We've talked about how Kai starting didn't help it go up. In fact, it kept going down. So do you think that the merchandise sales will get better if Kai goes away? Possible, I suppose, but it's really hard to say exactly what's going on. To me, it seems like Dragon Ball is almost going back into a hibernation phase. And yeah, that yeah. Regardless of the presence of Kai, probably heading that way anyhow. And I mean, Kai too... I think the major flaw that they had was thinking that having something new on TV would cause people to buy the same merchandise that's been out for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I mean, the major thing. It's not so much that people aren't interested in Dragon Ball anymore, but that they already have this stuff. Yeah, that was the dilemma with Kai, particularly for the Japanese audience who just had the entire DVD release over the last, what was it, six, seven, eight years. The Dragon Box has started in 2003. It's been steady since then, and we've had so many Kai conversations. I guess we'll just leave it at there. But we're going to stick with Japan a little bit. This story is making the rounds. It's up on Anime News Network. I saw it on a bunch of other blogs. Julian, what is going on in Nagoya? So, in Nagoya, there's there's something that's been going on in Japan every year, at least for the past couple of years, called the World Cosplay Summit. This event was first held in 2005 in Nagoya, and it's basically done to sort of promote international friendship through the aspect of Japanese pop culture, or through the lens of Japanese pop culture, in this case, animation. And um, as a way of promoting this event in Nagoya, the mayor of Nagoya, as well as the governor of Aichi Prefecture, both dressed up as characters from Japanese animation. The mayor of Nagoya, um, Takashi Kawamura, dressed up as Piccolo from Dragon Ball, which is actually fitting because creator Akira Toriyama was born in Aichi Prefecture. And the governor, Hideaki Omura, dressed up as the antagonist Lord Dessler from Space Battleship Yamato, which I think is Star Blazers in the U.S.? Uh, I can't remember what it was called. I believe so, yeah. Julian, what I want to ask you about here is Japan's view on otaku culture has been strange over the years, and it's oh yes, in some ways been moving toward, well, we have to leverage it while at the same time despising every facet of it. What is going on here, especially with some of the political leaders just coming out railing on this stuff? Give me some insight yeah. here. Well, I, I, it's, it's it's an interesting situation because for a very long time, this sort of stuff was sort of viewed with a, I don't know, looking at it as scans like, okay, there's weird people dressed up in costumes walking around. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, the, the a lot of the sort of animation and manga sort of fandom, especially the sort of highly obsessive stuff that characterizes the Japanese idea of otaku culture has been sort of viewed almost as a kind of social deviancy because, well, obviously they're not doing 
doing something more productive with their free time. Right. Um, <laughs> is it really healthy to be so deep into something that's not actually real? But I, I think, especially in the mid-2000s, there was a sort of wave of increasing acceptance of at least the, the less weird of otaku pursuits. <laughs> and costuming, uh, things like cosplay being some of the less less weird aspects of it, that it's become at least more acceptable that to the point that it's been given a sort of um, grudging tolerance, especially in view of the fact that a lot of other countries are really into Japanese animation. So you have this weird situation where politicians are really, really trying to promote Japanese animation to the world, while at the same time not really knowing how to approach it. <laughs> so you have this uh, mayor of Nagoya looking very, very uncomfortable in his piccolo costume. That is the word I would use to describe it. Uncomfortable, for sure. Why, why am I wearing this thing? <laughs> I, I'm sure it's for the good of the country, but I feel so strange. <laughs> it's weird. Parading around your political leaders like this is so American, and to see it happen over there like this is... I don't know. I'm enjoying it, and some sick way <laughs> mm, yes but it's pretty funny well that is really the news for uh the last couple of weeks because we didn't do a show last week because of otakon so uh i'm glad we mm. at least had a, a funny sort of news story to toss into the mix all right yes. so what we'll do you will jump away for a little bit we'll jump over to mary and myself talking about otakon then we'll go to mark and myself talking about a little bit of otakon stuff and mostly about funimation blu-rays you and i will come back and then we'll do some releases some email questions and that's a patchwork show Joining me for a very brief segment recapping Otakon 2011, the convention itself, and more specifically Dragon Ball things related to that convention, which there weren't a whole lot. Mary. Hi. Hi. Well, you're very excited. Well, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of freaked out that Otakon was already a week ago. I know. It's kind of weird. As we're recording this, it was coming to a close a week ago. We're recording this little segment here Sunday. All right. So I'm going to do my best to try and remember what happened. I would have done it sooner, but I was sick all last week because of Otakon. <laughs> right, presumably. Right. Presumably I got con plague. I don't know what else it could be. Who else gets a cold in the middle of summer? Right. Just other to... than at a convention. Exactly. Man, Dragon Ball stuff. I feel like our Dragon Ball experience at the convention was coming across that one table in the dealer's room and just not wanting to leave. Yeah, it was like, how do I make the most of the cash that I'm willing to spend? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, he took cash only. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. was a good thing it for me. It was a very good thing because, yeah, credit cards would be yikes. <laughs> so I walked off with... <laughs> I probably would have said, I'll take this. Yeah. Which one? The table. <laughs> I will buy your table. And I want the table too. We can exactly. use it in our basement. I need it. <laughs> there was just so much. Like I was really struggling to pick what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. Because my eyes would just, you know, slowly glance through the whole thing. And I, every single thing was just cooler than the last thing. I know. I guess we should explain. Every year, we always get at least one or two Gashapon just to put on our display here in the basement. Kind of on the other door, other side of the door here from the recording studio. We've got a little display. We just keep adding to it. It's fun. Yeah, mostly little trinkets. A couple big guys. Yeah, yeah. And we did the rounds this year, you know, looking at the tables. All right. And I actually picked up one of the creatures figures. I got Mecha Frieza last year. And I got Piccolo Daimao spitting up an egg this year. It was one of the ones I always loved looking at online. So I grabbed that. Like, okay, maybe we'll go get some Gashapon now. And we split the dealer's room into two days. We did one about halfway through the room on Friday, and then Saturday we did the other half, and that's when we stumbled upon this table. It was very nondescript. 
It was. Just a dude in the table. There wasn't even a sign. No, I don't even remember no. if he had a tablecloth. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, if you're going to have a booth at an expo, even a tablecloth is like the most bare bones direction you could go. But yeah. we would have passed it by. Yeah. Especially because people were crowding this thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's very small and not flashy, but just the contents of it really kind of drew people into it. The people who, I guess, care. Yeah, yeah. And even if you don't care, there were some really neat pieces. There was a giant ozaru he was saying it was one of the lottery giveaways in japan that was 120 dollars. that was well worth the price but then he had a couple other little things like i think it was the 21st tenka ichibudokai this little circular diorama ish thing yeah like all of the characters in the tournament a lot of set pieces that would just catch your eye regardless of whether or not you like Dragon Ball. Yeah. It wasn't the standard, you're walking by a, a table and they've got a little plastic case with little figurines from multiple series. Right, And right. you hope, okay, maybe they'll have a couple Dragon Ball ones. And I, right. I was going to settle for just something like that for mm-hmm. my, you know, obligatory purchase. And we did see some of those, the glass cases, some Legend of Cyan figures, the bigger ones in there. Oh, okay, that's neat. And everyone's got the little paper boxes full of them. And I've heard that this guy actually does go to some other conventions occasionally, and USA, apparently, he's, he's there. Oh, you know, I was just about to say, you know, there's a chance we might end up at Anime USA maybe, for the first time ever this maybe. year. We'll see. Uh, yeah, Do I bring I, extra cash? I will be bringing extra cash. <laughs> oh, my God. It's funny. I told myself, I'm far past the age that I really care about buying anime no, trinkets no. in the dealer's room. I mean, maybe if I see a really exciting cell, I'll splurge mm-hmm. or a, a cell drawing. And but. last year, for example, I picked up another one of the program guides from when the DBZ movies debuted in Japan. Right. And and of course, that same dealer had another two of them this year. I think it was DBZ Movie 2 and the 10th Anniversary Movie. But they're 25 a pop. Yeah, that's a bit like, steep. I, I really want them. Well, we would I, rather, what I'm getting at is that I would much rather give my money to this yeah, random dude with a table. Absolutely. Like, this stuff seems so rare. Yeah, well, that's the thing that shocked and surprised me. It's not bootleg. Everyone else, you know, this guy over here had a couple Legend of Cyan figures. This person over here, whatever the Gossip Online was last year. Oh, this guy's got a couple of the Creatures figures. This was all sorts of stuff from all sorts of different lines, everything on display, and the prices were absurdly reasonable. reasonable. I, I think I was talking about in my blog the little figures he could have added five bucks to the price the bigger figures could have added 20 bucks to the price wouldn't have batted an eye not at all it was that reasonable and at a convention no less yeah blew my mind and i did try so i'm like all right this guy's got stuff maybe he's someone i don't know dude what's your website what's your email business card do you have anything at all i would love to talk to you and he's just like you know we Try to keep a really low profile and, you know, we don't, no, I'm sorry, we don't really talk to anyone about anything. Near as I could tell, his deal was, is he putting his daughter through college and every time he needs to pay the next tuition, he goes to a con and just sells all his shit? I think that was it. It's like, I just have a warehouse full of this stuff. I'm like, I need to stalk you and find this warehouse and just put a check in your mailbox. <laughs> like, I will pay your daughter's college tuition. <laughs> it was a treasure trove. We hadn't stumbled upon anything like that in years at a convention. It yeah. was just truly exciting. Dragon Balls always get a presence, but it's just a part of other displays, other things, and it's just 
kind of there. This was, this is one giant table of Dragon Ball stuff. And if you've been to a con and you've seen him, you're going, why are you guys still talking about this? Yeah, I saw it too. It's very cool. Hey, I hadn't seen it before and it was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm easily impressed. So that's <laughs> my case. I guess let's say what figures we did get sure. from him. As I noted earlier, I got that creatures figure that was elsewhere. From this guy though, I got a pretty tall, I haven't measured it yet, but <laughs> I've been posting pictures of it rather endlessly on Twitter. It's Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta. And he's got his hands extended and his head's tilted back a little bit as if he's laughing to the world. And it's just the most hilarious thing. It made me laugh out loud the instant I saw it. And I it, knew I had to You can pose it. him. He's fantastic. And in addition to that, I got, it's uh, a little, little figure thingy. It's Super Saiyan Gogeta from movie 12, kind of grabbing Janemba's horns and elbowing him in the back. It's a neat little pose. I Was he it. kneeing him or elbowing him? Uh, Well, he's holding onto his horn, so he's got to be using his knee to yeah. get into him there. So it was, it was a neat little thing. Did I get another one or? I got two. Okay, what were your, you were the cute ones. I got, yeah, I got the cutesy ones. I got a one. One Piece Dragon Ball crossover one. I had a, there's a little display of Sanji from One Piece giving Bulma a piece of cake. It was a Bulma in her Namek outfit sitting at a table outside. Mm-hmm. So it had Sanji in it. I had to get it. And the other one I got was uh, so adorable. It was Goku and Chi Chi in their wedding garb in the honeymoon car with Chi Chi driving the car and looking at Goku and Goku kind of going, ah, making a face and sweat dropping. So it was. I had to have it because now we're married, so I needed the the marriage Goku figure. So good job on the figures this year. I hope we can go to Anime USA and yeah, bring another I mean, 100 dollars. <laughs> oh my god, no! <laughs> I'll take I that. Mean, I'll I'm, take that. I was happy because between my two figures, I managed to only spend fifteen bucks. Yeah, yeah. And the the Goku and Chi Chi one is like it's got some weight to it, which yeah, I really yeah. like. It's not like a cheap, flimsy figure. Mm-hmm. Very and, nice uh, ones. I don't like to get big figures i don't know why i just like the, the ki- gogeta one come on it's he's just <laughs> the greatest face yeah, but i'm ever. like oh it's a gt oh I, I don't know i'm really over the years warming up the super saiyan 4 he is funny i mean i do remember Especially chuckling at those scenes it's yeah. the principle of the thing all right mary let's talk about some other dragon ball things at the convention most of them aren't going to require a whole lot of discussion because there wasn't much i did see in the schedule that they were playing dragon ball movie one at some point i think it was during the Trigun movie or during the FMA movie. I don't know if Bernhard, if you're still listening, if that was your deal, but mad props to you as I saw it was being played subbed as well. So major props. I think that might be the classic video room that it was playing in. So great to see that that uh, programming was available there. How about cosplay? You saw, saw a, couple a couple more than I did. Yeah. I was too busy taking pictures of other things, but I saw a Kaioshin. I don't know if you saw. Yes, yes, I did see the Kaioshin. There were a couple really nice ones this year, but as always, I missed out on whenever the big gathering was. Yeah. I, I gotta like, kind of like snoop on the cosplay community to see where. Yeah, we don't really know where to go stuff. for that sort of thing. We're pretty bad. I know. Uh, I saw a girl trunks. She was pretty hot. Yeah, yeah. That was a neat outfit because it wasn't just a girl cosplaying trunks. The, she had a skirt. It was tailored a little more. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It was neat. There I was appreciate the, that. There was the, yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> there was the uh, the old man. With the little boy. Oh, Dr. Garrow. Dr. Garrow and a little Goku. He was one of the first ones we saw just walking in the first day. Yeah, yeah. That was a really good outfit, though. Yeah. I only put up a couple pictures because it's all I grabbed. Every convention, I feel like I'm doing a terrible job of taking cosplay photos of Dragon Ball. I don't like stopping people for photos. I know. One, because I'm just self-conscious about it, but then I know like these people dress up to be photographed, but I have a problem asking, can I take your picture? And also, I don't want to stop the flow of traffic. You don't want to be that guy. 
no, no, it's not a matter of being that guy. I don't want to stop the flow of traffic. Well, that's what I mean, being the guy that stops the flow of traffic. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought you just meant like a creepy guy. No, no. Although, I mean, that's possible too. Yeah, I am a creepy old man after all. It's very true. Very there was true. a uh, a good fat boo, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you saw. Uh, yeah, I got that picture. I think I put that oh, picture okay. up. And there was a, a there was real, a there was a little chibi kid, chibi boo. Yeah, he was cute. I put that one up as well. I don't think I've ever seen a chibi boo. No, no, especially a kid. Yeah. Because that's perfect size. You're doing it fantastically. I think I saw a couple of uh, 17s. Yeah, 17s an easy one to do. So you always see a few of those throughout the con. You said you saw Selipa at some point. Yes. So. Oh, that was the one I saw that you didn't see. Was yeah. it one of the Canadian girls who has the awesome outfit? Uh, no, or was it a little more budget? No, I don't think she... I don't think they did any Dragon Ball this year. They did Ranma and Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. They have such great stuff. Yeah. Always the wigs are always the best. It's like, you're the real character. Yeah, <laughs> <just> really. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that was, uh, that's what I saw. The last thing we went to, and, oh, man, we wanted to get into the FMA movie. We probably could have if we stuck it out a I little think longer. It, I think we were both too drained from sticking it out for the Trigun movie and then yeah. watching that movie that it's we like, were like... Uh, two back to back, I don't know. Yeah, at that point. I think we're... All right, let's just go for a walk. So at that same time was a panel called Birth of a Generation, Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon, which is a great subject in theory. Unfortunately, it was one of those panels where it's... It's execution is just not there. Just There was nothing there. There was no substance whatsoever. By the time we got there, it was... And it was the question that, I mean, you were livid on Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) Funny oh, how that is. It's like, you're the one that takes this more seriously and hardcore, and I'm the one that throws a shit fit. By the time we got there, they, the audience was walking all over them with questions like, who would win in a fashion contest, Tuxedo Mask, Moonlight Knight, or Vegeta? And it just continued onward from there. There was just nothing there. Well, I was ready to walk out the room as soon as we got in, and someone's like, oh, when T and Shin Han, or, oh my god, okay, that's it, I'm out. <laughs> Fuck this shit right here. And then Mike's like, no, no. I, I just no, want to know, audi- audience, rewind there and listen to who it was that was saying that right there. That was not Mike. That was Mary yeah, saying that. that is me. I that was like, oh, no, we got to watch this. Yeah, Mike's a glutton for punishment. I was just... Cursing up a storm. Yeah. That's my Mary. I have a mouth like a sailor. Cha-cha-cha-cha. So really, really disappointing. I did go back and look. We didn't get around to it last year, but there was a Sailor Moon panel last year. I went back and they put up video just like we did of our panel. And they did some great stuff. So I'm really hoping they um, toss out some submissions for next year as well. I'd love to see, especially Sailor Moon, probably coming back sometime oh, soon. Oh, this is totally... I'm kind of derailing this slightly, but you're sure. talking about Sailor Moon coming back soon. Did you notice how much Sailor Moon cosplay Everywhere. was at this con? Everywhere. Like, was this 1998? I was so confused Do you what think everyone was. was like, all right, Funimation, they're gonna announce it. Let's everyone bring out the cosplay. This is gonna be the year. We can all get up it. Oh. Yeah. Maybe I should cosplay. I mean, the Sailor Senshi next year. <laughs> You've never done that before. Yeah. All right. Was that Otakon for us right there? Was there any other Dragon Ball stuff? I mean, we talked about the Maybe. cosplay, the panel, the figures. Uh, that's about it, right? No, that's not it. What? What else there is a, there? The runner up in the trailers AMV contest. Oh, good the, call. the trailers category was a fabulous it, GT trailer parody. Was it I Taken? Was, was that the movie? Yeah. Is that the Mel Gibson movie? I have no I idea. Think so. I, I don't know. But the trailer was so well put together because it was obscure GT footage. It's the kind of thing we love where it's take this obscure footage completely out of it's almost in context in a way yeah. i don't know how to describe <laughs> it but 
vastly underused footage, do something new and creative with it. There were a couple points during the trailer where it's like, uh, Vegeta hits 17, throw that in there because it's just kind of like fighting noises or something. But overall, I was really impressed with yeah, that trailer. I was grinning the whole time. I'm like, someone's making a Dragon Ball video and it's GT. <laughs> And it's good. I'm and it's second place in it in its category Noticon. I'm excited. Yeah, it was it was very very. I'm so glad you remember that. If it's up online or if it's got an entry somewhere on uh, AMV Org, I'll try to place a link to it so people can find it because I definitely want people to see that trailer. Good stuff. Good stuff. Now I think that's it. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Mary, for joining me here in our, I don't know what's going to come down to maybe like 15 minutes after editing. Great to talk with you. Yeah. Thanks for uh, reminiscing with me. I, uh, reminiscing about a week ago. Yes. Well, I had to because clearly like I was already bro. forgetting stuff. So you're going to jump away now and we're going to pull in Mark to talk a little bit more about Otakon stuff, but focus on Dragon Ball Z and Blu-ray announcements and follow-up information. Joining me once again to check in on our absolutely, I should say my absolutely atrocious summer convention predictions and to do a little bit more follow up on this Blu-ray news, our buddy Mark from the Fanboy Review. Welcome back to the show, sir. Thanks for having me again. So a couple weeks ago, we got this announcement out of Comic-Con that Funimation was going to be re, 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 whatever number of re's we're up to, releasing the Dragon Ball Z TV series on Blu-ray. And we are going to follow up on that in just a second. But Mark, last time you were here, we were talking about the summer convention season. I made some amazing predictions for what Funimation had in store for Dragon Ball fans at Otakon. You had a couple ideas. Both of us are so hot on a Sailor Moon announcement coming soon. Even though it's got nothing to do with Dragon Ball. Man, we were let down, weren't we? Woo. <laughs> in, fa- in fact, I believe my exact comment on Sailor Moon was, was, no, not really. I don't expect them to announce that <laughs> at an anime convention. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that. And in some ways, that side of the prediction came true in that Funimation did the initial announcement of DBZ on Blu-ray at Comic-Con, which is another series that transcends the anime fandom to a larger audience. So I'm pretty sure you and I both agreed that made complete sense for them, right? Absolutely. It's exactly what was expected to a point was that Dragon Ball Z isn't it's not an anime fan show. It's an everyone's show. Yeah, I I was going to say it's not anime, but most people would take that the wrong, the wrong way, not yeah. the way I meant it. What I actually mean is that it is not the show that anime fans go and pick up. It is the show that the quote-unquote mass audience has a chance of actually going and getting. That's right, the normies, as we like yes. to call them. All right, so let's move away from that for a little bit. We're going to come back to it in a second. At Otakon, from Funimation, I mean, in terms of announcements in general, it was very light. I was totally on board for the Jump Super Anime Tour special announcement. They got it from Shueisha. They're ready... No. Which I may be wrong, but I think that's exactly what I said was yeah, going to happen. It was exactly what was that? Was the, I think what I said was they weren't, they wouldn't wait for a convention to announce new Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, they would just announce it whenever they had yeah. it. And, you know, I I wanted it to happen just so I could seem like I, I was on the right track or something, but I, I'm so sad. What's more amusing is the people who seem to think that I actually fully know what's going on. <laughs> that's true. Well, I mean, you, you have had some things in the past. I mean, was it the Mega Man 9 stuff that you totally broke? Yeah, but that those are things that I say ahead of time when I have found out. Right, right. If I knew all the Dragon Ball Z stuff, I wouldn't be going. This <laughs> may be happening. I'd, I'd be, you know, I'd have my fancy hat on. Well, we'll be getting this, this, and this. I wouldn't be going. Well, 
it yeah, may yeah, be this. True. It, it, it's guessing to a point. Right, right. All right. So I guess we have to pull it back to the additional Blu-ray news. I got to say, I was pretty flabbergasted with not only how this was presented, but more and more info. I mean, it's still trickling out and we've got a little bit of confirmations here and there, but I'm, I don't want to say I'm blown away by, by how this is turning out, but honestly, I'm, I'm a little shocked, aren't you? I'm shocked in the sense that... Well, I guess it's more of a, huh, kind of I'm, shock. I'm more shocked in the sense that things do not necessarily line up with what was known and with what they've said before. Yeah, yeah. Part of it is still us putting together puzzle pieces where we do not know what the picture actually is and where things actually go. So we're sort of, we have information here, here, and here, which makes you think it's... Right, right. Just combining all that with educated guesses that yeah. we can make in terms of dudes talking into microphones on the internet. Exactly. So there's a lot of that. We can only go with things they've said in the past, with things they've said now, and things don't necessarily match up in a way that makes sense. And the sense that we thought was going to come out of this was, and you can go by that initial press release when they're tossing Steve Franco's name into the mix, his video post and transfer, which is now in transfer, by simply mentioning him at all. That led us to believe, okay, this is what we thought was going to happen until the Dragon Boxes got thrown into the mix. It will just be the logical next step of 2007 HD remastering from the Orange Bricks, which were done in HD, actually released in HD on Blu-ray. <laughs> That's what I... You predicted that years ago. I mean, when the bricks were coming out. They had trailers of it in 1080p. Right, right. <laughs> and their original information was that they did everything at 1080p. To the point, and I know Rachel pointed this out on our forum, I re reiterated it on the podcast. You and I, the, uh, sometime last week, we were chatting and it was like, hey, go look on Twitter, use these couple search terms. The casual fan of the series, and this isn't meant as a slight in the least, it's just the marketing of the series and what people know. The casual fan thinks that the season sets, the orange bricks, actually are high definition coming off of their DVDs. Well, th this also goes back into tech speak and what people know about DVDs and DVD players. Right, right. Of course. But, I mean, there is some of that fudging going on from Funimation. I mean, you toss that remastered in high definition in all of the marketing, on all of the products. But the, but that's not even fudging. I don't even consider that necessarily fudging on their part. The no, Japanese no, do that for every single DVD box they absolutely. make. Absolutely. It's completely true. But to the layman... That yeah. means this is in high definition. Yeah. So here we are. The new trailer plays and it's kind of led into this is when you first saw my tweets. I was like, is this a new transfer? I mean, they're talking about not an upscale. Well, it wouldn't be enough scale if it was the Orange Brickmasters. But as the trailer started playing, I'm going, huh? All right. The footage is four by three. That, that trailer bothers me in a very deep way. <laughs> well, we'll get to how it bothers you in a little bit. And then they start bringing out the people that are actually working on the grain removal and some of the edge enhancements and that kind of stuff. Like, all right, that's not Steve Franco. That's a female. That's very different it's, from Steve it could, Franco. It could be Steve Franco in a wig. <laughs> so clearly there's a new team seemingly internal to Funimation working on a new remaster 
of the series. But I guess let's get to what bugs you about that trailer. The way fans are interpreting the trailer that they have not seen yet. All right. So it's not the trailer that bugs you. Yeah. As always, you come on here to bitch about the fans. I'm sure you've seen the discussion on the forum that I once again jumped into. It's got nothing to do with our forum exclusively. It's No, no, no. The the layman not understanding certain terms and, and watching a trailer recorded off, you know, a hand camera which already isn't taking into consideration. I said this myself. I mean, the lighting in the room, the projection exactly. issues. I mean, there's so much unknown that you couldn't even tell from watching the trailer there in person. I mean, I, I wasn't in the room live, but I did have a live feed yeah, yeah. of the entire thing. Colors do not match anything in reality. No, no, absolutely Espe- not. Especially when you are recording off a screen. Yeah, yeah. A projected screen does not match reality. That all being said, being there live watching the trailer and knowing all of this stuff myself, the phrase I've used is, well, this looks promising. I generally use the same phrasing. I, I don't disagree it looks promising. What I disagree on is where people are pulling up comparisons to other versions of the show. Yeah, we, we are far too early to be doing anything like that. And I know we are known for that, yeah. especially on our forum, but we are we are not e- at Exactly. That point. What I'm talking about is where people are actually pulling screenshots of Kai, of the dragon boxes, right, right. of the orange bricks, and going, you can compare the colors. No, and no. It's like, no, you can't. No, we, we can't do that yet. Mike, you were in the room. Yes. Can you say which version the colors appear to be from? No, I couldn't at and, all. and you were there, and you right. saw it. If and when Funimation makes this, and this is the weird thing, will they make this trailer available for viewing before it comes out, or is this going to be one of the extras that's on the I, set? I'd, I'd honestly be shocked if we did not have it by the end of August. Yeah, yeah, I, I think this is going to come out. Maybe there'll be an extended version. Well, to be, to be fair, their press catalog should be out by the end of August for November. Right, and right. Th- there will be trailers by then because someone will leak them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> Amazon usually puts stuff up early, too. Because Amazon gets them from the press catalog. Right, exactly. So, I mean, that's stuff. We will out. have something. It may not be 1080p, but we will have something where we can at least start to yeah, yeah. look at it objectively. And I know a lot of people have been calling for, and I agree, prior to the Orange Bricks coming out, Funimation, we've talked about these, the the really badly fudged screenshots. There was that shot of Kayo that they used him laughing to try and show, you know, how they extended the frame and where the damage (laughs) is. So I wonder if we'll get something along those lines as well. I don't think we will. I think this is going to be a case of we're doing this. Here it is without much defense, I guess is the right word. (laughs) I would not be shocked if we got some sort of split screen with some version of Dragon Ball mm. Z. Because there is a split screen in the trailer. We That's don't know true. what we don't know what it's a split screen of. Right, right. It, to me, it looks like it was just whatever the film master was. I don't yeah. think they're going to directly compare to any of their own exactly. prior versions. They are not going to bring up the Dragon Box and goes, Dragon Box sucks. This is new and shiny right, because right. they're still trying to sell those. Yeah, even if they move on to this next product, those are still they going still, to be. They still have those on the shelves. 
They still have those on the shelves. And not only that, they need to convince stores to still keep that them. want to carry, yeah, to stock stuff because what risk do they have that they're going to do this again in five years? Right, right. And you know, I talked about it that need, a little it bit. It needs to still be a viable product. Right. They didn't trash the orange bricks to death when the dragon boxes came out. And no, and from our perspective, it's a pretty objectively superior product. So. And the orange bricks, I guess, probably still outsell them. Constantly. Oh, yeah, I'm Probably. sure. Absolutely. All right, let's turn it away from the panel because all we really got out of that was hype for a trailer that hopefully we'll see more of, confirmation that it's going to be 4 by 3 and a lot of other stuff up in the air. Something that just came out yesterday, we're recording on a Wednesday, so this press release came out on a Tuesday. It's from the company Image Systems, who has a, a series of of restoration products and uh, multiple yeah. levels that they offer to places from the most, I don't want to say the most basic because it's a step above consumer grade. I actually looked into it a bit deeper just so I'd have yeah, something yeah. to say about it. Sure. I do know Criterion has some of the exact things Funimation has bought from All them. Right. That makes sense. And from what I can see, it looks like Funimation bought a couple licenses of the top level thing that they have. And this is probably, I mean, this is, gets away from Dragon Ball a little bit. This is probably something that they can use in the future for things other than Dragon Ball too, right? Well, I mean, short answer, short answer, short answer. Yes. Long answer. Right. What do they have that's on film? Everything's digital now. We basically need to know what does this stuff do as far as upscaling could go. Right, for right. other stuff, because most things Funimation gets now, it's good in it's it's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And their older catalog, I mean, Yu Hawk Show would be the next one. Well, they've already got the Japanese remaster on that. So, what else is their old that's film that they can use it for? Is the big question. I don't even know. There, I mean, there, there, there's one or two shows that I can think of that they've. The problem is, is do you remaster a show that there are film masters of in Japan, but you don't but have Japan, them. But Japan has thus far seemed like they aren't going to do anything. Right. So let's pull it back to Dragon Ball then. They've got this high level thing that they're working on. They've got all the, the right quotes in here about, you know, it's on 16 millimeter. We want to balance things like the dust and the scratches with, with all that. You, you know what I'm going to bring up. Go ahead. Go ahead. It all goes back to, though, they have nth generation masters. Mm-hmm. Why don't you explain that to people? Because it's something we are so familiar with from the VHS days, but it extends to film as well. Yeah, I, I guess let's start with what we would call the masters. Right. These would be, we'll call these zero generation, even though theoretically there used to be things higher. So f as far as we're concerned, these are the first generation masters. These are what Toei has in cold, uh, well, we assume it's in cold storage still. Right. Well, they took it out, they put it back in. <laughs> These are the highest generation masters that exist for the show. Ignoring any other arguments about wait, what may or may not be seen out there, we know this exists for every episode. Yes, uh, they have, I mean, for the other series and movies as well, they have 1 through yes. 291 in a consistent highest yes. generation film format. It's in a refrigerator somewhere. Yes. Then anything beyond that is a copy. The Dragon Box is a second generation from that, that was scanned at, I'm going to say 480 PBs, that's what it was done at. I can't imagine it was done any higher. It just wasn't. 
Right. And at the time, they were still, I mean, the, especially the Japanese industry, were still doing scans at 480, right? Well, well even, even ignoring the Japanese industry, the Dirty Harry movies came out on DVD at around the same time. Uh-huh. Those are big, those are big movies. Yeah, yeah. W- Warner spends a lot to remaster stuff. They did those at 1080i for DVD and for HDTV. Oh, wow. Interesting. They've redone it in recent years at 1080p because you did not, you didn't do it like that back then because it wasn't needed. No, I mean, if people had HDTVs, they were 720 maybe, and th- and there were tube HDTVs at the time. And not only that, storage, especially digital storage, cost a lot back right, then. Right, right. That's an important point as well. I mean, yeah, you can go out and buy a two terabyte drive for 50 bucks these days, but I mean, a couple years back, that uh, until I, Until I think the computer I got in 1999 or 2000 had seven gigs and it was considered ludicrous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we know that there's this master film, yeah. anything that anyone else gets. It's not like Toei sends that to Funimation. No, even if they were known to do good things, they would not send them the film. No, they would send them a copy of that film. Or it would be scanned in Japan and digital copies would be sent. They would not send the film. It You just don't. Right. And at some point along the way, Funimation got a film copy of DBZ. Yeah. And... We don't know how many generations off that is. We just don't. It, that's generally why I call it nth generation. I, it could be a really bad second generation copy. I, it appears more third, fourth. Yeah, yeah. Fifth. Uh, it, it's a copy of a copy of a copy. And it's not like we're talking digital copies where you're basically getting one to one. Right. Even if it is a second generation copy, well, what materials were used exactly. to make that copy? It's like in the VHS days where if you made a copy for someone, did you do it in SP or were you a douche and you did it in yeah. EP? Yeah. Well, we're, we're, what we're basically talking about is, is you made a VHS copy, someone else made a copy, someone else made a copy, and you don't know what that chain was. Right. What was in between there? We don't know what that chain is for Funimation. Maybe we can find out at some point, but we haven't learned yet. I, I'd assume not because I would assume they might not even know. It's, it's lost to the ages. Toei's like, we had this in the closet. Do you, do you want it? Yeah. And part of the issue is that because all we have of that at the moment are the orange bricks. Right, right. And we know those were tweaked <laughs> to different degrees. Let's say I tweaked. Mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm saying tweaked because we don't even know. And I've brought this up before. It may not even be Franco's fault. No, it's true. He's he's our great scapegoat. Yeah, that that's the scapegoat. But as far as we know, Funimation changed someone partway through because their entire DVD line changed everything the way everything was done partway through those sets. Other shows were done completely differently from the way they'd done stuff for years. Right, right. And th- at that exact time, all of a sudden, the orange bricks got much better. That was around six or seven, something like that? I, I, I want to say closer to four or five. Okay. I mean, two was abysmal. Anything after two was amazing compared to that. But there's a point where things change dramatically. Right, right. We don't even know what's different in their production from then to now. So we don't technically know what these film masters look like at all. So we know they've got some film masters. They've got these Phoenix finish licenses, these products that they're going to be using on it. Seems to be internal. Where do we go from here, Mark? Just kind of ride it out and wait and see what we get next? That's generally what I'd say because 
There's too much potential to get hopes up and be disappointed or to even trash them for things that we don't know. Right, right. And I, we were probably a little guilty of that early on when this announcement first came out. But in our defense, Franco's name was in there. Yeah. I, I mean, I know what I did after the announcement was I looked at Funimation's history and what would be expected based on past, and past things they've said. They said that every part of that that chain that led to the DVDs was based around 1080p. Yep, yep. They said they did everything at 1080p. It's not something that's imagined or that I've concocted in my head. <laughs> to a point when we talk about the Dragon Box as always being 480p, that's sort of a guess based right, on what right. we know. Mm-hmm. Funimation has said 1080p. Right, and like you said, there were trailers that it existed in 1080p. It was there. They were ready to use it. But but this could, expl- but this could explain certain things that have seemed sort of odd. Mm, okay, what do you mean? Well, like, we could never quite figure out why that one 1080p Orange Brick trailer was so goddamn blurry. <laughs> right, well. It, let's uh, go ahead and assume they did everything at 4x3 1080p. Let's assume that's what they scanned it at, at the very least. Okay. Or, okay, sure, the initial scan. And that brings us, I, I guess, before you continue, that does bring us to a guess that the reason Franco's name was listed is because whatever that 1080 scan was, pre-Franco remastering, Funimation still has that digital file, and that's what they're going to use with these Phoenix products. Yeah, let, let's go ahead and go with that assumption that Franco scanned everything at 1080p 4x3 just as a well we don't have anything better to go with anyways (laughs) we're kind of like this press release said this this press release said this I saw this with my own eyes I'll assume this yeah so let's go ahead and assume they scanned 1080p 4x3 well crop the top crop the bottom that gives you about 810p well, if they're tweaking from there, they may have not noticed things that led to a bad downscale. Gotcha, right, right. Which, and then if they took that and upscaled to 1080p for the trailer, put a ton of filters on it, that could explain why we had those that weird 1080p trailer that... That looked it terrible. Just, <laughs> it, it didn't even look terrible. It just looked so blurry that it did not make sense that they would even have it. It's possible that everything we've seen has been off an 810, or, yeah, an 810 master. Weird times for Dragon Ball. All right. Well, Mark, like you said, like I said, I think we're going to have to wait this out a little bit. We'll see what comes next for information, for visuals. All right, Mark, we will talk to you again in the near future. Probably about this set when it comes out. We're due out in November here, so it's not that far off. I I, I may need to bring my four by three examples again since somehow I get the feeling that's going to be an issue yet again. That's right. We'll bring them on. Bring them on. We'll link everything all over the place. Yes. All right, dude. We will talk to you, if not before, definitely in November. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how this ends up. In terms of releases for August, it's a pretty slow month until we pick back up in September onward. We had, uh, well, geez, everything that is coming out in August is actually out by this point. Julian, why don't you get us started? It came out on August 2nd, the end of a very short era. Yes. So the last Blu-ray box for Dragon Ball Kai, Jinzo Ningen, and Cell Arc Box 4 contained Kai episodes 88 to 97 plus the bonus episode 98 that was kicked off the broadcast due to the start of Toriko and a combination of other factors including the earthquake 
in March. Um, and so that's four, four to three full frame aspect ratio in high definition. It goes for 14,679 yen retail, but can be found slightly cheaper at 13,980 at CD Japan or 10,764 at Amazon Japan. That same day, kind of in conjunction with it, and this is the one that I have on order, so we'll take a look at it soon. Uh, the final individual DVD of Dragon Ball Kai. Remember the Blu-rays were single discs, volume one, and then box sets the entire run. DVDs were single discs the entire run. This is volume 15 of the DVDs Jinzo Ningen and Cell. Overall, though, that was 33 individual volumes. Same thing, Kai episode 97 plus that bonus episode. We'll call it 98, I guess. Uh, 69 aspect ratio cropped in standard def over on the DVDs. Pretty cheap, though. 1995 yen MSRP. 1900 at CD Japan. A little cheaper. 1621 at Amazon Japan. Julian, one more thing. Again, another thing we've already mentioned on August 5th. Yes, so August 5th, Friday, this past Friday, Dragon Ball Z Special Selection DVD, the two Dragon Ball Z TV specials. It's Region 2 and contains, as the name suggests, the Bardock and Trunks TVZ TV specials, uh, produced by Shueisha, not Toei Animation or Pony Canyon, and retailing for a cool 1,000 yen, just... Uh, one of the what's his face who discovered syphilis? Um, Nobuchi. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's it's the guy on the thousand yen bill. Oh, okay. Why are we talking about STDs here? All right. <laughs> um, what was his name? Hideo Noguchi, I think. Let me. Maybe I should uh, research that and stick that back into. The, uh, no, we're gonna leave uh, it at there. That's perfect, Julian. Let's do some email feedback, Twitter things. Julian, why don't you read the first one here? This came to us from Twitter. Okay, this one comes to us from Emily, and she, I guess it's she, says, Are songs like Kokoro Kara Nureta Futari and Kuchibui no Kimochi considered image songs, or what are they? Ah, good question. Yes. Now, these are both songs that came to us from the various hit song CDs released over the course of Dragon Ball Z's airing uh, in Japan back in the late 80s and early 90s. Now, the first one was the weird sort of karaoke duet between <laughs> Gohan and his mother Chi-Chi. This is the weirdest song ever. <laughs> yes. It's weird because he's trying to study and she bullies him into singing along with him. And <laughs> and she's drunk, right? Well, she's acting kind of drunk. Uh, well, one of, one, of, one of the two songs they sing... She's very drunk because the other ones are egging egging them on. Okay. But the other one is that she's just got a new karaoke machine okay, while he's okay. studying, and she forces him into singing. I can't remember which one. <laughs> right. I, I knew there's a drunk Chi Chi song somewhere in there. I couldn't remember if it was this one or not. Um, it's also weird because both of the songs are sort of romance duets, but <laughs> let's not go there. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, but anyway, I, I definitely think that one is an image song because it's very in character. Well, I guess let's let's define what an image song is then, because even though there's a subclassification of image songs, just image song by itself is pretty easy to define, isn't it? Yeah. So image song is basically a song that's not used in the series, but inspired by. So it's based on a situation or something in the series that's present and developed into the idea for a song. In this case, it's a particular subset, which would be the in-character image song. So these are the voice actors for the characters singing as the characters that they play in a sort of hypothetical situation from the series. In this case, it's Gohan trying futilely to focus on his studies while his mother ends up getting him to do karaoke and he can't escape. All right. So the next one, the feeling of whistling is a little yes. bit different, but it's this one. I don't know. It's kind of a, a crossover insert song slash image song. Yes. So this one was used 
Well, just just the whistling was used in Dragon Ball Movie 4, the one that's roundly despised as the worst of the bunch. Right. Um, and, well, the whistling itself, I guess, would not be considered an image song, but the one with Piccolo talking over it, <laughs> howling in pain and eventually losing all trace of sanity. There's two versions of this because, well... I guess you could say there's three. There's the actual whistling that's in DBZ Movie 4. Then there is the Gohan singing in character along with that tune. And then after that is the, along with the whistling, Piccolo screaming in agony version. Yes, and the Piccolo screaming in agony version, I think, is definitely <laughs> classified as a in-character image song. Right. But the the whistling itself is just an insert song from the series, I think. Yeah, yeah. I That, that is a really weird one where it's, it's based on an insert song from the movie but it's not that actual version of that song so I can kind of go either way I would classify as an insert song simply because it does have relation to an actual tune from the movie but I mean, you could go any which way on it, however you want to sub, sub, sub classify that stuff. Good question. We love talking about music stuff here. Uh, the next one, also on Twitter, comes to us from David. David says, <laughs> this, this one's for you, Julian. What Japanese names from the series would be considered normal ish names for your children? Now, here's the weird thing, though. Not just mm. for children, but for your children. I guess assuming that you and I would name our children after Dragon Ball characters. Mm, yeah not happening so, <laughs> so not yeah, happening in in terms of names that actually sound like real names probably none of them i was gonna say the dr slump character names maybe <laughs> well even, even those are a stretch because <laughs> yeah, they got a lot of puns in there too yeah yeah uh i know unchikun mr poop <laughs> uh but no um i guess if if I absolutely had to do it, maybe Maron, only because the pun would be self-evident to Japanese people, and it's vaguely like the kind of sort of naming that they would actually do, only it's I've never actually seen it used in the wild. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You come over to America, and you have names for children like, I don't know, January or May, named after months. Those aren't normalist mm. names, but they're accepted names. Well... They're not... Puns, though. April, May, and June are the, the only months that are considered normal names. Yeah. How about things, I, I think, to a character like Lime, where, I mean, it's a filler character, but it's still a name from the series. Yeah. It's just a word, but it could sort of be used, right? Well, you know, I actually, I, I have a student this year whose name is Lime, and I sort of did a double take. Oh, at no the, kidding. <laughs> at the attendance book, and I thought, is that right? <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess it is her name. So uh, that that is one that I guess you could technically use, although my my wife wouldn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, are there any others that you can think of? Mm, not no. <laughs> particularly. Not really. Well, maybe maybe snow because mm. you could say I, I just use the English word for Yuki. Right, right. That's true, because Yuki's a name in Japanese. Mm, yes, but then my next child will be Jinzo Ningenju Hachigo. <laughs> <laughs> Artificial human number 18. No, you got to do it in order, so they would be number two. You don't have a mm. number one. You just go directly to number two, even with a pre-existing <laughs> child. I don't know how that works. <laughs> 
I don't know. Maybe your next one can be born with a bionic leg or something somehow. Right. Medical technology is amazing these days. There, there are there is precedent in in Japanese for naming children according to numbers. So your first child's Ichiro, your second child is Jiro, mm. your sec your third child is Saburo, your fourth child is Shiro, etc., etc. Really, they they go with Shiro instead of Yon something. Yeah, it's easier to say, I guess. Really, how prevalent, especially in present day, is the association with death with number four though? Um, well, maybe not as strong as it used to be, but Shiro as a name for a fourth son was used for a long time. It's a so, pretty common name, yeah. I mean, not not that many people have four kids now, but... Yeah, well, <laughs> true enough. All right, I hope that answers the question. Um, I guess I'll just read the next one. This one's going to be a pretty simple answer. This comes to us from someone else named Mike. They say, does Frieza and Kula's race actually have a name. I've seen the race name things in fandom, like Icers or Changeling, but is there anything official? Julian, as of yet? I haven't seen anything. Nah, there's I nothing. I don't have my books to check right now, but I've never actually seen anything that jumped out at me because I was curious about this too for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the kind of thing where we'd have it, we'd already be talking about it. There's nothing to say. And all of the books, usually in English, alongside the Japanese, it'll say things like Frieza and his followers. It's just kind of this general phrasing for people along with Frieza. I think the closest we may get, I don't know if they'll drop it at some point, but we're getting more, I guess, characters from this race. People like Chilled, who has appeared in the episode of Bardock. Maybe in the third chapter, they'll drop something in there. Maybe with some of the supplemental stuff surrounding the episode of Bardock. But as of yet, yeah, there's absolutely no name. It's just generic. This guy and these guys with him. So I think that basically answers that one. Yeah, I think so. Julian, are you familiar with the, <laughs> say, the Ningen debate, which is all of like you know, yes. a thread that existed and people were very curious. Yes, so Matt writes on Twitter, how about your thoughts on the word Ningen or human to describe characters like Piccolo and Ginyu? I know there's a forum topic on this at one point, but I'd like to know Julian's thoughts on the matter. Do you have a little bit of back history on where this would come in though? Like, why is this an issue? Uh, If I had to guess, I'd say it had something to do with a wish made on the dragon. No, no, it's actually, uh, I think one of the quotes, and I don't have it in front of me, but Ginyu says something like, blah, 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 Ningen, using that word to refer to himself. Uh, well, the sort of meta answer would be that it was probably Akira Toriyama slipping up. But there could be an argument made that you could use Ningen for sentient beings that have the quality of humanity. Not that Ginyu necessarily qualifies as having a quality of humanity, <laughs> except perhaps towards his own men. Well, I mean, that brings in things like what is a human being versus an earthling? Because we have all those classifications right. where Tenshin Han of alien descent, as they kind of reckon in there, as well as Chaozu, right. all being humans, but being earthlings, True. and all these words kind of just apply to everyone. Right. Well, earthling is Chikyujin, which means anybody who lives on the earth. Right, right. And then Homo sapiens specifically would be Hito, written in katakana. Gotcha. Interesting. Really? It's just Hito that's that's so generic. Yes, uh, according to the Japanese classification symbol huh. uh, system. Uh, it's, it's usually whatever the common Japanese name is, but written in katakana. Interesting. Huh, I didn't know that. I don't know. This is the kind of thing where I, I think people try to make it a bigger issue. And I say people, all of 
you know, half a dozen people who actually care about this kind of thing. But because we're the mm-hmm. type of podcast we are, there may be more people who care, so we might as well discuss it. It's that little nuanced thing that we love to dig into. I, I, I think it's really a non-issue. I mean, it's just a word. I like your, it's just this sentient being word. I mean, it's not our yes. earth. He can write whatever right. he wants to write. Right. Uh, because I... I think the way they're using it more has to do with the, you know, the quality of being a social sentient being, which is what human actually means, mm. versus homo sapiens, which is a different word. Yeah, it, but, it's you always... Know, you can get into fierce arguments about that. <laughs> it's always bipedal, has a brain, can speak, seems to have free will. I mean, <laughs> that's usually what he's referring to when he uses it, so... Mm. I don't know, is there really anything to truly discuss here, or is it just kind of, it's Toriyama... Take it as it is. Well, I think it's mostly arguing over semantics, but you just kind of have to accept that the series is what it is and not not uh, dig too deeply into some of these things, lest you spoil the fun. But we love to spoil the fun for ourselves. It's all we do. So how dare we say don't mm. spoil the fun to anyone else? If you're wondering what is human, what's not, and other science facts, just repeat to yourself, <laughs> it's just a manga. I should really just relax. Uh, haven't heard that in a while. All right, Julian, the last one, also on Twitter, comes to us from James, says, Have you seen the nonsensical DBZ-related music video by the band Keisatsu? Can you explain its insanity? So I clicked it, yes. and I watched it, and I really had no idea what I was seeing, so you're going to have to break this down for me. Yes, so it looks like it has something to do with the idea of becoming a gyaruo, which is sort of the male equivalent of the gyaru in Japanese okay. fashion subculture. And what that means is you have guys who bleach their hair into a sort of blonde or orangey, both of the clown color, and then they, they spike it up, and they wear conspicuous amounts of jewelry and bear their midriffs and it's I don't know in the US it would be considered uh, a very flagrantly flamboyant and possibly gay sort of fashion but in in Japanese it's um, high couture for a certain subset of high school boys especially ones that don't do so well in school gotcha it overlaps a little bit with Yankee but I think it's sort of using um, the sort of super saiyajin as a metaphor for the highly tanned bleached blonde look that's prized by these guys it's some pretty crude uh, quasi flash animation but I mean yeah the, the instant you start the video it's clearly Vegeta inspired and then the hair goes up and it's something mm. what is the name of the band in the song I mean we'll embed it as well but if people want to look it up uh, well then the name of the song is Gyaruo Seng or the the male gal uh, proclamation. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it says policeman is the name of the group. It written katakana, not keisatsu, but huh. I don't know. All right then. So uh, I don't I don't know what the difference is. I don't know why they would say keisatsu. Maybe someone mislabeled it somewhere. But very interesting. We will of course link this video in the show notes for the episode. You can find all that stuff on Daisenshu EX. We'll give you all that information right now, Julian. I will ask you if people have questions, comments, more questions, and even more comments. Where does all this stuff go? Uh, yes. So if you have anything that you want to tell us or ask us, you can find us in the wide world of email at podcast at And you can find us on Twitter at 
DaiZX for news and site announcements, and individually at VegetoEX, Jedi, and for Miri, MiriTOT. You can also message us as well if you're so inclined about stuff. And you can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash You can like us today. We hope people like us. Julian, the, the central resource, the main location that all of this stuff comes from. Tell the fine people. Yes. And of course, our website can be found at DaiZX.com, which is D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Very simple. We keep it nice, short, succinct. It's where you can find all that stuff. So that was episode 267 of our podcast here at Daizenshu EX. Next week for 268, we will possibly have the next, the second to last in our manga review of awesomeness. I finally saw Jeff for the first time in what feels like a very long time uh, yesterday. Otakon is over. He is relaxing. He's like, I played Minecraft for the first time in months. He doesn't know what to do with his spare time now that the convention's over. So uh, I'll try to drop the manga over to him this week. I've got my notes done. Julian, there's only two left. Can you believe that we've kind of come up on the end of the series? Do you think we'll finish it? Well, I don't know. That last volume is pretty long. Well, both of these are both 41 and 42 it's killing me working it's, on this stuff it's kind of funny because in it's the one the one part of the series where actually the the uh complete edition of the series is actually much more balanced and actually i think those last two volumes are shorter in the complete edition yeah yeah oh man end of the series can't believe we're hitting it so uh hopefully look for that next week if we don't get it next week we'll definitely do it the week after it's just a matter of uh hooking up schedules so julian as always it's been a pleasure to speak with you here on the show sir and you too anything you want to toss out there as we finish up um i had a recent hard drive issue that caused me to lose some of my applications so if anybody has a copy of office for mac 2011 or adobe creative suite they want to send me <laughs> bootlegging nice. son of a bitch i'm not asking for a bootleg but you know somebody has like a multiple user license or something uh anime fans and their justifications i love it uh, i lost my files oh and i don't have a student discount anymore <laughs> no you're an adult now it's very different we have to pay for our software uh. oh geez all right so that's julian over there i will thank him i will thank mary i will thank mark my name is mike vegito ex again www.daizex.com it's been lovely we'll see you next week julian wrap it up all right thank you for listening to Dyson and should we X the podcast this week? Check us again next time.
I I have wait I have one demand for the set. All right, what is your demand? Re- remove the goddamn dra- and I've mentioned this on the chat room a lot. This kind of thing drives insane. The lagging barrusetto. What do you mean remove what? The text. What text? There's little text that spells it out as D O R A you you know using English to spell Doragon Baruzetto. Yeah, but where does it say this? It's on the box, the cover art that's oh, on Amazon. Oh, well that that's another entire kind of niche within a niche of super hardcore fans because it's it's got the abysmal hope of the universe text on it. But even ignoring that, I, I could take the crappy text, remove the direct I, D-O-R-A-G-O-N-B-O-R-U-Z-E-T-T-O. That does not fucking mean anything at all. It does not exist. It's written in Romaji or is it written in Kana? It's written in Romaji. It's in English. Is it really? I didn't see that. It's at the bottom. It's underneath Goku uh, on top of the Japanese text. It literally is D-O-R-A-G-O-N. B-O-R-U-Z-E-T-T-O. Well, I mean, it's preliminary artwork. They might want to appeal to every type of fan, so they'll include dubism, I, they'll include I, that. I, I don't, I, I, no fan who uses that needs to be included, period. <laughs> it, it does not exist. It is, it, n- n- I, you no. are, Mark, you are our favorite douchebag occasional guest. No, because here's the thing. No, the no Japanese, there is no thing. No, yes, there, yes, there is. The oh. Japanese logo says it in Dragon English. I know, I it's, know. Uh, <laughs> you, could, you could make some degree of argument if it was just in Japanese. It'd be a bad argument, in my opinion, but you could make it. This is going to be an extra at the end of the it episode. Is, it is, You're it totally is, derailing me here. But, it is in English. It, uh, I, I, I know, and I don't mean to drill, but it just, it literally drives me insane because there's no point to having it. This is back to the crap that from the Ultimate Uncuts where they just start putting shit there because it looked nice no, to someone. No, that was completely different because at least that was jibber jabber talk. This is jibber jabber. <laughs> you, Boru, it does not exist. It doesn't. 